Bible study. It's my privilege to share this morning. We're in the midst of a Foundations of Faith series. Last time, we talked about the life of Jacob and Jacob and the journey of faith. And I'm in my 27th year, so I'm starting to finally feel somewhat qualified to start scratching the surface of that. Praise God. Amen. Today, the message is seeing God's victories by faith. Some victories in the kingdom of God are obvious. When the dead are raised, the, uh, the sickness is healed. It, it's, the victories are obvious. But when we read, Roman, uh, when we read Hebrews 11, then there's those, that disturbing section of Scripture about people being sawn in two and eaten by lions and stuff. And you're hiding in caves and holes in the ground and being destitute. And it can be harder to see that. Uh, I, in 2019, I was in a prayer meeting and I just started weeping suddenly in the prayer meeting. And the Holy Spirit said to me, these are days of mourning. And I knew immediately we were praying for three people in particular, Susan and me, my father-in-law, and two others. And I knew what it meant. I knew knew what it meant, but we kept praying for healing nevertheless, uh, because I believe that pleases the Lord. Uh, I did not foresee that that was a prophetic word for the whole country, for the whole world. These have been days of mourning. God doesn't do anything without first revealing it to his people, um, to his people, the prophets. So, on February 25th, um, as I've said, I've been reading through Genesis and Exodus at the beginning of the year. And I found myself, I've been doing a slow read, just a chapter a day, and uh, taking it in slowly, uh, which is a little bit different for me. I often read whole sections of Scripture in multiple chapters, but the Lord just said, take a chapter a day and meditate on it. So I, on February 25th, I found myself in Exodus 15, and uh, I'll read a few verses of it, maybe all of it. Then Moses and the sons of Israel sang this song to the Lord. This is after the deliverance. They, they've put the Passover blood on the doorpost. They've survived the 12 plagues. 10 plagues. I'm getting my numbers messed up today. And they, they've survived the plagues, the death of the firstborn. They put the blood over the doorpost. Uh, and the Passover, blessing. Uh, they, they were protected in the land of Goshen. They came out. With silver and gold, there was not one feeble person among them. And then God parted the Red Sea in another great crisis of faith. Their backs were against the wall and armies descending upon them. And uh, the Red Sea miraculously parts. God can do anything because he created the Red Sea. He created all the planets. And it's not difficult for him to part the Red Sea. He had led them to that place. And praise the Lord. He delivered them. And they walked through dry shot as the scripture says, and so in Exodus 15, we find a song of praise, a song of celebration. I encourage you every day to begin with praise of God for his mighty works. We're here to bring him glory. He's a magnificent God. So on February 25th, this is what I was reading. Then Moses, Exodus 15:1, and the sons of Israel sang this song to the Lord and said, I will sing to the Lord for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song and has become my salvation. That verse, folks, jumped off the page at me. 
on February 25th. I don't know how many times I've read Exodus 15, but I just can't say that Exodus 15:2 had ever jumped out at me, but it leapt off the page that day. The Lord is my strength and song and has become my salvation. This is my God, I will praise Him. My Father's God and I will extol Him. The Lord is a warrior. Praise God. The Lord is His name. Pharaoh's chariots and His army He has cast into the sea. And the choicest of His officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The deeps went down, the deeps covered them. They went down into the depths like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, is majestic in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. And in the greatness of your excellence, you overthrow those who rise up against you. You send forth your burning anger and it consumes them as chaff. At the blast of your nostrils, the waters were piled up. The flowing waters stood up like a heap. The deeps were congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My desire shall be gratified against them. I will draw out my sword. My hand will destroy them. You, God, blew with your wind. The sea covered them. They sank like lead in the the mighty waters. Who is like you among the gods, O Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in praises, working wonders? Can you think in your own life of the mighty acts God has done. When the Gerasene demoniac was delivered by Jesus, he said he wanted to go with Jesus, but Jesus said, go back to your own city, your own country, your own people, and tell them what great things, mighty things God has done for you. I will tell you, one of the great witnessing tools that God has taught me is to just tell people what Jesus has done for me, what the Holy Spirit has done for me and my friends. I often share other people's testimonies. And I find that God's miraculous moving, more than anything else, opens people's hearts. Because that's what they want. They want to know that God is real. So I encourage you to share as the Lord leads some of the mighty things God's done in your life. You're not bragging on yourself. You're bragging on what God has done for you. Praise God. Verse 12, Lord God, you stretched out your right hand. The earth swallowed them. In your mercy, your loving kindness, you have led the people whom you have redeemed. In your strength, you have guided them to your holy habitation. The peoples have heard, they tremble, anguish has gripped the inhabitants of Philistia. Then the chiefs of Edom were dismayed. The leaders of Moab, trembling, grips them. Edom, of course, being Esau's descendants. All the inhabitants of Canaan have melted away. Terror and dread fell upon them. By the greatness of your arm, they are motionless as stone until your people pass over, O Lord, until the people pass over whom you have purchased. Oh, whom you have purchased. And he's bought us with a high price of the blood of Jesus Christ. Praise God. We've been bought with a price. We're not our own. Praise God. So we're here, Lord, to glorify you in our bodies. Amen. You will bring them and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance. The place, O Lord, which you have made for your dwelling. The sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. This is the promise made to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, that Moses has now received. And he's leading the people into the promise. There's tremendous challenges 
when you pursue God's call in your life, when you walk with Him, when you walk under the promise of God, tremendous challenges, like an army backing you up to a sea. That's a scary proposition. And if the Lord doesn't come through, you're doomed. I'm doomed. And uh, sometimes it looked like that's what happened. But the lady Perpetua we read about last time, uh, who was a, you know, a, a citizen of Carthage, no, we know from her vision, from her dream, she had a deliverance that's so much greater, so much greater. She was in the heavenly realms. Praise God. That's God's promise. Verse 19, For the horses of Pharaoh with his chariots and his horsemen went into the sea, and the Lord brought back the waters of the sea on them. But the sons of Israel walked on dry land through the midst of the sea. Miriam the prophetess, Aaron's sister, took the timbrel in hand, and all the women went after her with timbrels and with dancing. Miriam answered them, Sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The horse and his rider he has hurled into the sea. This is a foundational truth of Israel as a nation. This is God's great action in forming the nation Israel. He delivered them from Pharaoh, representative of Satan and Satan's worldly kingdom by the parting of the sea. That's why Baptism in water is so powerful if done by faith. The passing through the water. Oh, at Cornelius' house, when they were all baptized in the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 10, and they were speaking in tongues, Peter said, how can we refuse the water for them to be baptized who have received the Spirit just as we? It, 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 were some, Peter said, we still want to get baptized in water because there's something significant in that setting apart that consecration. Do you want Pharaoh's army off your back in your life? I strongly encourage you to pass through the water. If you've not been baptized in water by faith, I found when I did that in February 2008, by faith, expecting that God would be exactly true to what He had promised. What does He say about water baptism? Well, Peter tells us in uh, in First uh, Peter. Uh, chapter 3 and 4, corresponding to that. That's Noah and the flood. Baptism now saves you. Not the removal of dirt from the flesh, but an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who's at the right hand of God. Praise God for that. There's a, there's a deliverance when a believer uh, submits himself to the living God in baptism, a deliverance from the world the flesh and the devil that I did not know before I chose to be baptized in water. Was I saved up to that point? Yes, I, I clearly was born again of the Spirit of God. Uh, just like if someone had uh, fallen over dead in Cornelius' house before they got uh, you know, baptized in water, uh, they had all been baptized in the Spirit. Yes, they were saved, but it's a step of consecration saying, Lord, I'm yours. Use me. I want to be your servant. And I found that God has been faithful to that call ever since in my life. Praise God. Well, as I said, verse 2 really jumped out at me on February 25th. And about 11 in the morning, uh, I received a text from a pastor friend of mine, Pastor Gary Vanover. Pastor Gary is someone who uh, has been ministering the power of the Holy Spirit for years. And in fact, early in his ministry, connected with Pastor Rick Bonfim. Uh, some and ministered with him a bit and uh, has a ministry similar to Pastor Rick's, very powerful deliverance ministries and evangelist in uh, Guatemala and in Africa. 
And uh, Pastor Gary sometimes will send me a verse on this particular morning. He sent me a passage from Isaiah chapter 12, which is a very short chapter, uh, six verses. Let me read that to you. And you'll notice something that I had never noticed. Now remember, Exodus 15.2 says, The Lord is my strength and song, and He has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise Him, my Father's God, and I will extol Him. Verse 3, The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is His name. That really jumped out at me on February 25th, 2021. Pastor Gary sent me Isaiah 12.2 and 3 a couple hours later. Here's, I'll read the whole chapter. Then you will say on that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for although you were angry with me, your anger is turned away, and you comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. That's exactly a quote from Exodus 15.2. It's the exact same thing that had jumped off the page at me. But it's over here in Isaiah 12. I'd never noticed that. Therefore, you will joyously, verse 3 of Isaiah 12, you will joyously draw water from the springs of salvation. And in that day you will say, Give thanks to the Lord. Call on His name. Make known His deeds among the peoples. Make them remember that His name is exalted. Praise the Lord in song, for He has done excellent things. Let this be known throughout the earth. Cry out loud and shout for joy, O inhabitant of Zion. For great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. There's great prophetic significance to this passage because chapter 12 of Isaiah 11 is a completion of uh, Isaiah chapter of 12 is a completion of Isaiah chapter 11, which tells of the coming of the Messiah, the coming of the Messiah and the living waters, the springs of salvation, the water we draw, the woman at the well in John 4, uh, John 7, rivers of living water, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, born of the Spirit and baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's what passing through the water is so representative of. The springs of living water that flow out of us that Isaiah prophesies here. So when you look at Isaiah 11, uh, here's this famous passage, 11.1. Then a shoot will spring from the stem of Jesse. Jesse's the, uh, the father of King David. And a branch from his roots will bear fruit. That's the Messiah. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and strength, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. That We get all of that with the Holy Spirit. Praise God for that. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. He gives to all generously and without reproach if we ask in faith. And so we have the spirit of wisdom within us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Give us wisdom for today. Give us strength. Give us uh, knowledge. Give us the fear of the Lord. Give us understanding. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. Verse 3. And he will not judge by what his eyes see, nor make a decision by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he will judge the poor, and decide with fairness for the afflicted of the earth. And he will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Also righteousness will be the belt about his loins, and faithfulness the belt about his waist. And the wolf will dwell with the lamb and the leopard will lie down with the young goat and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together and a little boy will lead them. Praise God, we can't wait for those days. And the cow and the bear will graze, their young will lie down together and the young lion will eat straw like the ox. The nursing child will play by the hole of the cobra and the weaned child will put his hand on the viper's den. They will not hurt or destroy 
in all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. We all look forward to that glorious day. Then in that day, the coming of the Messiah, the nations, the Gentiles, will resort to the root of Jesse. Now think about that. The stem of Jesse is also the root of Jesse. How can that be? You know, a branch from the stem of Jesse is also the root of Jesse because he's God the Son and he's also the Son of Man. Praise God forevermore. Praise God forevermore. This has been written into the Scriptures from the very beginning. It's been written into the creation that Jesus would come. God's plan is that he would redeem mankind from their rebellion and sin. Then it will happen on that day, verse 11, that the Lord will again recover the second time with his hand the remnant of his people who will remain. In verse 10 it says, He will stand as the signal for the peoples. That's a banner. The Lord's our banner. Uh, He raises up a banner when the enemy comes in like a flood. Praise God. God raises up a standard. The Spirit of God raises up a standard. Amen. Jesus is the standard. He's the banner. He's the captain of the Lord of hosts. Verse 11. Then it will happen on that day that the Lord will again recover the second time with his hand the remnant of his people who will remain from Assyria, Egypt, Pathros, Cush, Elam, Shinar, Hamath, and from the islands of the sea. We're seeing that. I'm um, here with Pastor Kyung. We're people from all over the world. Call on the name of Jesus Christ and look at the Hebrew Scriptures and find life and healing. That's a miracle, folks. Are you kidding me? My ancestors 2,000 years ago were walk, worshiping rocks up in Scotland. Come on. What on earth? Why are we all digging into the Hebrew Scriptures? It's a miracle of God that He wrote into the Scriptures here 700 years before Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He will lift up a standard for the nations and assemble the banished ones of Israel. We're seeing Israel restored beginning in 1948, and so many Jews are coming to the Lord from all over the world. It's a miracle. A miracle. And will gather the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. Then the jealousy of Ephraim will depart, and those who harass Judah will be cut off. Ephraim will not be jealous of Judah, and Judah will not harass Ephraim and they'll have victory, and so on. And the chapter completes with the promises of God, the highway of holiness. And he goes right into chapter 12. I'll repeat it again, part of it. Then you will say on that day, Oh, when the Lord fulfills all His promises, I will give thanks to you, O Lord. For although you are angry with me, your anger is turned away, and you comfort me. Oh, that's the comfort of Christ by the cross. He's not angry with us anymore when we come under the blood. Betty had such a great teaching that I've heard many times before, but I heard it. Last Thursday, just on the power of the blood, and as she was speaking, I just got back to that position of grace. I could feel all the tension in my muscles and my neck and shoulders just start releasing. Glory to God as I just got back in that position of grace under the blood. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and song, and He has become my salvation. What an amazing thing. I've left out one part of this story. February 25th, 2021 was an extremely difficult day for me. These have been days of mourning in a manner I never anticipated, never foresaw. I encountered, though I was born again of the Spirit of God uh, back in 1994. It was genuine and real. Uh, But in terms of the 
baptism in the Holy Spirit, the uh, supernatural gifts, I really didn't encounter that. God spoke to me clearly, had a call in my life. I was hearing from him through his word, and it was wonderful. But uh, the supernatural gifts I was not really experienced or familiar with until I met Pastor Rick Bonfim in the center aisle of a Methodist church in 2005. But Pastor Rick did not have his Atlanta Bible study then, and it was just a really cool encounter. And I thought, oh gosh, he's one of those amazing faith healer guys. It was kind of my thought. And I'm glad God ministered to me in that situation. But that was it. I had no thought of the Spirit wanted to work through my life in that manner too. A few years later, uh, I was invited to a charismatic gathering of men called the Wednesday Warriors uh, in uh, 2008, later after my water baptism in November 2008, the Wednesday Warriors. Remember what Exodus 15:3 says, the Lord is a warrior, the Lord is his name. And the man who led that meeting, uh, some of the uh, folks that are involved in Rick Bonfin's ministry are involved in that one too, with a fellow named Dwight Keith. And Brother Dwight uh, was baptized in the Holy Spirit, loved leading people in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, had seen amazing healings, and uh, was a word man. Boy, the word flow out of him like a river. And in the course of time, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit myself at his meeting on February 24th, 2009, and then got reconnected with Pastor Rick when he came to Atlanta and it's been a glorious ride. Uh, Brother Dwight rarely had uh, sickness or illness. He had a few things get on him, but he went for years without seeing doctors for any reason. And um, But in later years, he got older. He had some things he had to deal with. But a uh, man of tremendous faith. Uh, in uh, February, uh, maybe late January, uh, he came down with a cold. Long story short, it ended up being COVID, and he got dehydrated, ended up in the hospital. He seemed to be improving. We were all praying so fervently. Susan and I were up in the night praying for him, and then suddenly out of the blue, we got an email that had turned south, and Dwight had told uh, uh, his close friends and one of my closest friends that he was ready to go be with the Lord. And... Um, that was a shock to us. Uh, Brother Dwight seemed invincible, um, and it just was a shock to me. And uh, I was grieving about that. And uh, uh, Brother Dwight went to be with the Lord on uh, on the 25th of February at 11 a.m., about when I received Pastor Gary's uh, text. Um, it, this is what I was going through. When the Lord said, the Lord is my strength and song and has become my salvation. But one thing I noticed about Brother Dwight in recent years, whatever he began to teach on every day, uh, every Wednesday, it always ended with him telling about us, him going to the park across from his neighborhood and worshiping the Lord and the Spirit of God coming on him and him just weeping. Every message, you could be talking about anything, and it would end with him worshiping in the park with tears streaming down his face. It was said of the Apostle John late in life that when they would bring him into meetings, they would wheel him in, all he could talk about was the love of God. That's all the Apostle John talked about, and we see that so much in his late letters uh, and so much in his gospel that he spoke about the love of God. 
So Brother Dwight's heart was being drawn up into the heavenly realms, just like that 22-year-old girl I shared about last time from 203 A.D., Perpetua. And yet, uh, I was wrestling with God on this. Uh, how could I prayed with Brother Dwight and another friend, Brother Terrell. Dwight was 85 when he went to be with the Lord. Brother Terrell is about the same age. I've prayed with these two guys on Fridays for 10 years. Uh, I've missed some Fridays, but they've been doing it together for 40 years. They've been praying together uh, once a week. And they brought me in and discipled me and trained me in, in praying in the Spirit and uh, praying the promises of God. So how could this happen? How could this happen? But then I got this confirming word that this, this was God. Uh, the Lord is a warrior. And our lives all have a limit here on earth. And God is sovereign. He decides the number of our days. He's writing a story that's his story in my life. And as I begin to rest in that and not wrestle against it, that's where the blessing and the peace come. A heart at peace is life to the body. The proverb says, praise God. And uh, I was asked to speak at his uh, celebration ceremony that was out in the park where he used to worship in an amphitheater there across from his neighborhood on the 27th of February, 2019. And uh, God uh, clearly gave me a word to share about Brother Dwight. He treated me like his own son. He loved me and I loved him dearly. My heart was grieving for Dwight, but I knew that where he was. And then the Lord reminded me as I prepared for this message that the last Wednesday Warriors, uh, while Dwight was here on earth, was February 24th, 2021. And I remembered something, and I went back and looked at my notes in my journal. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit on February 24th, 2009, by the laying on of hands by Dwight Keith and some other Wednesday warriors. It was exactly 12 years to the day. And there's completeness in that. Can't you see it? Completeness. 12 is one of God's perfect numbers. There were 12 tribes. There were 12 apostles. It's the perfect number. And so God was telling me and the Wednesday warriors that Dwight had completed his race. Late in his years, Dwight would stand up in restaurants and just say, the Holy Spirit would lead him and say, Hey, everybody, forgive me for interrupting your your meal. I just want to tell you I love you. And there's someone that loves you a lot more than me. His name's Jesus, and he's coming back. He wants you to know him. He started doing that in restaurants and all over. He He was serving the Lord with his whole heart in his last days. And I got such comfort to know it's God who is the author. Jesus is the author and finish of our faith as we walk with Him. The, our days are numbered by Him. And He wants us fighting for healing, fighting for provision, fighting to fulfill our calling and trusting that come what may, He will be glorified. And He was in my friend Brother Dwight's life. And, and I got that tremendous confirming word of Isaiah 12, 2 and 3, confirming Exodus 15, 2, and 3, the Lord is a warrior. And Dwight had taught so many of us at the Wednesday Warriors to be warriors for God as well. Lastly, Celebration Day, February 27, 2021, the day uh, we celebrated Brother Dwight's life. Uh, This morning, as I was preparing this message, 
the Holy Spirit reminded me that two years ago, February 27, 2019, ten years and three days after my baptism in the Holy Spirit, uh, an African-American man uh, came into my office. I was mediating a case for him. He and his wife were there, and um, he had hurt his back. And the case settled, and at the end of it, I offered to pray for him, and uh, he agreed. So I said a brief healing prayer over him and went out to our common area. And he and his wife came out a few minutes later and said to me, Sir, I'd like to speak to you for a minute. He's very soft-spoken. And I went over and said, uh, yes, sir. And uh, he said, when you laid your hands on my back, it began tingling. And it's still tingling. Glory to God. And uh, his wife then like shouted in our office area. And I said, hey, let's go back to the private room. It was pretty funny. A bunch of people were standing around. We went to the private room. And the Holy Spirit just put this on my heart. And I turned to the wife and said, are you baptized in the Holy Spirit? And she said, yes. And I knew she was. I could see it. And I said, do you speak with tongues, other tongues? She goes, oh, yes. And I, I turned to the husband, and I knew what he was going to say. I said, well, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Do you speak with other tongues? This is a guy about my age, maybe a little younger. And he said, no. And just the Spirit came on me. I said, why not, dude? It's available to anyone. And he said, I don't know. And so I offered for him and his wife, for his wife and I to pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and to uh, receive the gift of praying in tongues, and he agreed. And so we were praying with him in the Spirit, and he was struggling with it, just like I did ten years before. And uh, after about a minute, I said, Sir, are you getting anything out of it? He was just, it was like his tongue was four inches thick. That was the way I had been to at first. And he said, Sir, my legs are so weak right now, I'm about to fall over. I said, Well, sit on down. And he sat down and sat there a minute, and he looked at me and said, Sir, I am totally healed. My pain's completely gone. That's the best kind of settlement, folks. I'll tell you the truth, is to be touched by the living God. And what a privilege just to be a part of that when the Holy Spirit gives you the prompting. That doesn't happen every time I pray for somebody or anyone else because it's not me doing it. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us the grace to be a part of what He's doing. His mighty works. And I remember that this morning. You know, I, I, uh, this was about a year before the George Floyd incident. And uh, as he, he and his wife stood up and he had the fullness of his healing, I, I, the Holy Spirit put this word on my heart. I said, you know, that world out there, folks, is telling you and me we ought to hate each other. But Jesus is telling us we need to love one another. And the wife said, oh, and she gave me the biggest hug. Folks, the law can't do that. Political movements can't do that. Can't you hear me? Only the Spirit of the living God, the Spirit of Christ can do this. As a people, as a nation, as a church, we need to stop pursuing law and start pursuing the face of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit of God that saves. Nothing else. The Spirit of the living Christ by the power of the blood of Christ. That's the event that I remembered today that was the two-year anniversary when I celebrated my dear friend, brother, and mentor, Brother Dwight, going into the heavenly realms. Isn't God amazing? He knew all of that before any of it happened. He's the author. He's the finisher of our faith. Amen. 
sacrifice for everyone.